0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chamber Pod with Shamanda. I'm Sean Haas, and this is the lovely Amanda Creed.
1: Hi!
0: And we are finally back on track, ready to go and record some more podcasts. For all of the pod people out there. Amanda, are you excited? I'm so excited. We have missed you so much. I
1: apologize deeply for our crazy schedule, crazy lives. It's been a long time since we've gotten to talk to you, but we are here. And boy, do we have a lot of wrestling knowledge to impose upon you pod people.
0: It has been such a long time since we've had the opportunity to speak to all of our fans. We are so ready, but you know... We just pulled a wrestler, a classic wrestling move. We disappeared from the scene for a solid six months. You know, the fans are going, where are they? We need more episodes. And then boom, just like The Undertaker every March, John Cena at the Royal Rumble, we made our big return and it's tonight. With the week's worth of programming, 5.31 today, we are going to talk about Raw and SmackDown from the 24th and the 28th of May.
1: I am so excited. I feel like I'm the three faces of Foley now. Like, we've come in a couple of different times. We're finally back, and we are ready to take it to the extreme, and we are going to start that off with some hot tags. Hot tags! They're back! We are back, and we are going to be talking, we're going to start off with our hot tags from Raw from May 24th. So, Sean, first thing, I just I have to ask you for a clarification here. Sure. The, the Godfather isn't wrestling again, no, is he?
0: No, the last time I checked, the Godfather is, uh, you know what, a Hall of Famer? He's yeah. in the alumni section on the website.
1: Exactly. I yeah. mean, like, I, I'm sure that, you know, he, he did wrestle with MVP or around the same time as MVP. But, you know, I, I saw all those beautiful women surrounding uh, whoever's with MVP. Oh, yeah. Bobby Lashley.
0: Not just Bobby Lashley. The almighty WWE champion, Bobby Lashley.
1: Yes, they have turned this man into um a reimagining, I would almost say, of the Godfather's gimmick. Because now every time he comes down to the ring, he's got this group of beautiful women and they're always changing. Like, he doesn't have the same women week to week.
0: Well, you know, they used to say chicks dig the long ball. No, they don't. <laughs> They dig the hurt business and they dig the gold.
1: So long as that hurt business does not include Cedric and uh Shelton?
0: Yeah, yeah. Then
1: well, then they're all they're on board. We'll get
0: to that one later. It it had its moment in the show too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so they're, so they're turning Lashley kind of into the Godfather. He and MVP are getting themselves into all kinds of trouble because well, WWE tried to be, you know, a little a little sneaky. And they were like, well, we've got this feud going between Bobby and Drew that's been going for such, such a long time. Right. We got to freshen it up a little bit. We got to throw them a little something new. Yeah. So they went and threw one of my personal favorites, Kofi Kingston. They were like, you had the title before. Go on, go try and win it back. So they did, and he's, you know, got a couple matches with Drew McIntyre, but the Hurt Business is just so afraid of losing that gold.
0: Yeah, I I think it's interesting they're playing Bobby Lashley as this, like, dominant champion, but, you know, every dominant champion really has to get in there and mess things up for the... Competitors, right? Like you can't just have your title match at Hell in a Cell with MVP in your corner. Like you can't just do that. You've gotta go and attack the two guys that are trying to face you for that title.
1: Exactly. And it it's it's been fun to watch. It has. I love watching Drew on the mic, and I must admit, MVP great on the mic even Bobby's getting a little bit better and there's no question that the New Day are fantastic with a mic in their hand so why get in the middle of the match maybe why have the match at all I would probably prefer to see a triple threat at Hell in a Cell and instead we don't know who is facing Bobby at Hell in a Cell
0: yeah it's gonna be very interesting so Bobby attacks Kofi and Drew during their match and sets up a rematch with Adam Pearce Shortly after, the winner next week on programming will face Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell for the WWE Championship. But there's a catch. Oh,
1: what is this catch?
0: There's a twist. And Adam Pearce is protecting his investments, his brand, his job. He says that if Bobby Lashley or MVP get involved like they did last week that neither will be a part of the company for the next 90 days and that 90 days will go without pay
1: oh my goodness so our non-authority authority authority figure adam pierce is out here making decisions
0: yeah finally (laughs) thank goodness we have some order
1: and his decisions might seem a little rash but Mm. You know, they've tried the whole suspension thing before with Charlotte, except I believe that one was listed as indefinite. Yeah. And there was a fine attached. This one, he structures this one differently. Right. He gives us a definite amount of time and says there's no money involved whatsoever.
0: So now one would presume the the key to this is the fact that it is 90 days. Because... I can only really remember one WWE champion that could get away with not defending the title over a 90-day stretch. I I don't want him back. That would be Brock Lesnar. And, and maybe we're working towards a Lashley-Lesnar confrontation? Who knows? I think it would be a great match. But if Lashley is suspended for 90 days, one would expect that that also means he would be stripped of the WWE Championship.
1: That would be really, really interesting to watch.
0: Right. So I think Lashley has a lot to lose coming up this week. And he might not want to get involved if he plans on holding that title. That, and you know, if you're suspended 90 days without pay, I don't care if you're Bobby Lashley or MVP or somebody else. It's going to be hard to buy those champagne bottles for your... uh, for your women that are coming around.
1: Absolutely. They they seem to like the finer things. So he's got to be real careful come next week. Speaking of tag teams, as we pull away from the Hurt Business for a minute. Right. We have a somewhat new tag team out on the horizon.
0: All right, hit me with hot tag number 2.
1: All right, hot tag number 2 is RK Bro.
0: I am sorry, what I I thought it was RKO, Randy Keith Orton.
1: Well, see, he's half of it. Okay. And you know, whenever Randy's in a tag team, it always sure. seems to play with the letters of his name. Of
0: course it has to. So,
1: if his name is RK Bro, who might we think he's tagging
0: with? You're telling me? That Matt Riddle, the original bro, is tag-teaming now with Randy Orton?
1: Yes. Yes, I am. And originally, it was much to Randy's dismay. He wanted nothing to do with this guy. I can
0: understand that. I'm on Randy's side.
1: Normally, I am, too. But they've been surprisingly entertaining. And they actually work pretty well together as a tag team. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I get it. I mean, both of them are... You know, Randy's a well established star. Matt Riddle is, you know, gaining the traction and the people backstage really like him. You know, he seems to be climbing the the uh ladder a bit, the corporate ladder. And uh, you know, I, I, I get it, but I'm not sold on it. I don't love them being together. I think they're both entertaining people, I think they have their carved out spot in WWE. I never needed to see them together, and and I think that the championship picture that we described with Lashley and Drew and now throwing Kofi into the mix is a little bit hurt because you have somebody of the star potential, not potential, star quality of Randy Orton in the tag team division.
1: I... I get it. I agree. I mean, we've seen him do really well in the tag team division before. And, you know, that's pulling back to, you know, when they brought Edge back. They drew, they drew on that tag team that he had had with, with Randy, with the Rated R superstar. And it's been interesting watching Randy kind of go back into that tag team mentality. And I am not Matt Riddle's biggest fan. I have always right. been pretty harsh on Matt Riddle. Yeah, that's fair. And I'll say, I don't love his whole Razor Scooter thing right now, but I like the way that Randy is able to come in and maintain his whole, like, demonic possession, there's voices in my head demeanor.
0: Yeah, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, we weren't with our lovely fans for the WrestleMania season, but this is Randy Orton coming off of what you would expect to be one of the bigger wins of his career. He defeats The Fiend at WrestleMania and, you know, essentially saves his life because who knows what The Fiend is going to do to him. Absolutely. Right? So this should be a huge, momentous win that pushes Randy towards the top. And I just don't see the Raw Tag Team division as the top of the show. I I mean we get a tag match in the main event of raw on this week's show but it was the women's tag team division not the men's so i just don't think that the build makes sense it doesn't add up
1: i you're probably right you're overall you're you're absolutely right he should be in a better place than he is right now i think after they kind of wrapped everything up with the fiend they didn't have anything for randy to do and they were like well you know, we've got this whole thing going with Bobby and Drew. We can't just throw him back over there. So what else can we do with him? Because Lord knows they don't do anything with mid-card titles.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the U.S. title is somewhere to be found on Sheamus. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but yeah, I, and, and obviously with all of this being said, Xavier Woods is the one that pays for it all because somebody's got to lose to Matt Riddle. They're the up-and-coming tag team. They're the ones, the RK bro. Absolutely. Everybody loves them. Let's yeah. have some more of them. And you just threw Kofi into the mix, so the New Day isn't a tag team at the moment. They're together, but yeah. they're not wrestling as a tag team. Kofi's trying to get that WWE championship back. So Xavier takes the L to Riddle.
1: Yeah, it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make a ton of sense putting randy with matt riddle and it also doesn't make sense having no clear plan with the new day like you either have them as a tag team or you have one of them going as a singles wrestler with a boost from the other one and instead they're trying to do both yeah and it just it just doesn't work that said why don't we hop on over to hot tag number three
0: yeah let's go for it because you know i'm feeling good about this tag team business and the business just Broke up, and now we've got this really actually interesting mid-card non-title feud between Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin.
1: I'm sorry, did you say interesting non-title mid-card feud?
0: I did, and I can't believe it, because usually you only get that in a lead-up to WrestleMania. But folks, we're on the other side of WrestleMania. We we passed WrestleMania and... WrestleMania Backlash... Branding is a wonderful thing. You're welcome, Peacock. We'll get to all those streamers back for WrestleMania Backlash. Um, but, yeah, so Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, the, the breakup of the Hurt Business, well-documented, well-understood, heartbreaking to some, not to me because they Hurt Business. But Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, I, I'm, I'm so happy for both of them because I think their talent is you know, through the roof. They both have the ability to be excellent draws in terms of fans.
1: Absolutely. And
0: I got this when I rewatched the video package recapping the breakup, their, you know, tumultuous time as a tag team. It wasn't good. And, you know, and this was something that included a tag team championship reign. They were the Fair Raw nice. Tag Team Champions and still had these problems. And then eventually, their. Losing of the titles is what caused them to be excommunicated by Bobby Lashley from the Hurt Business. So, all of this was great. I was so amped and pumped up for it. And then it just felt like, you know, you're, you're not supposed to use the tire iron to puncture the tire. Right. But that's exactly what happened. And all of the air was sucked out of that match.
1: So they continued to be the hurt business.
0: E- essentially, yes. You can't have that much of a good thing.
1: Yeah. The the promo started out great and then it just kind of kept going.
0: Yeah, I I mean I hope that Shelton Benjamin gets his eyes checked. Because the title of this promo is, look at me, Shelton. Because Cedric Alexander must have stopped the promo midway three different times to just scream, Shelton, look at me, Shelton. Look at me. And it just, it just didn't work.
1: No, it took you out of the promo, which is never what you want. Um, In addition to that, it seems as though there's a little bit of confusion about why they got excommunicated and and who was the one who got excommunicated. Well, I can't tell you how many times in addition to saying, look at me, Shelton. Cedric said this was your fault. They kicked you out, not me. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, you know, what What do you expect? Professional wrestlers to not have an ego? Of course. Both of them say it's the other one's fault. It's natural, and that's why we have this feud. So Cedric Alexander is trying to say, like, what are you talking about? It wasn't my fault. I was the reason why we won tag team titles. You're, you know, over the hill, Shelton. You're over the hill. What, you've got a couple years left, if at best. I've got... Decades left in this industry. You don't have decades. So it's a little bit of the young stud, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of biting off a little more than he could chew and picking on, you know, the wily vet. The guy that's been around the block a couple times and has he lost a step? Well, maybe. But will his experience make up for it?
1: That. Those are excellent questions, and normally in these kinds of feuds, I really like to see the old vet, you know, just come back and show the young kid, like, you need to stop while you're ahead because you don't know as much as you think you do, and I can still run circles around you in this ring. Right. Please tell me that's what Shelton did to Cedric.
0: It, in fact, is not Dang it! what happened to Cedric in this segment, because... He picks up the win. He gets it done. He backs up all the talk. And actually, really interesting note, uh, very rarely in pro wrestling will you get a situation where the commentary kind of, I don't want to say gives away the finish, but but they put Cedric on the spot. They said, Cedric has to win. He needs to win because he's talking all this garbage. And if he shows up and he doesn't come correct at Shelton and winds up losing this match, he's lost everything. And that's the truth, is as a watching observer of the show and a fan, you know, like, gosh, if this guy is saying beating Shelton is the end-all be-all, he has to do it, and then loses, you are never going to care about Cedric Alexander again. Never. So it was really a different situation cuz usually commentary doesn't involve that much no. of what the fans experience is but that's exactly what happened and thankfully in this case Sedger got the win now he's got that win it wouldn't surprise me if Shelton evens the score
1: i i would kind of love to see that now i love Shelton Benjamin I really wish those gold shorts would come mm, back.
0: Bring them back.
1: Bring them back. All that about make- the gold.
0: Right? Why were they not there for the hurt business? That's That would have been the perfect time. That
1: has to be why they lost. Shelton did have on his gold Makes shorts. So much
0: sense now. They were never of gold quality. No. No.
1: No. So with, but speaking of gold, why don't we go over to the main event?
0: The main event. So this doesn't happen very often, but we had. A women's tag team match in the main event of monday night raw
1: i love it and i'm still coming down from the high of tamina and natty winning those tag team th- titles
0: that's very interesting because tamina also is coming down from the high of jumping off of the top rope multiple times for multiple victories they have booked her so strong
1: I love it. I love that she plays homage to to Jimmy every time she goes there. Of course. Up
0: there. Of course. You know, wrestling's in the blood there.
1: It's a beautiful thing. So, tell me tell me they had some strong success in this main event.
0: So they did. Yeah. T- Tamina and Natalia faced Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for the uh Women's Tag Team Championships.
1: So is this a rematch from uh, WrestleMania Backlash sure. I believe it
0: was a rematch from uh from there. Obviously, Tamina and Natalia have had a number of tag team title matches since winning the belts at uh WrestleMania. Right. Um and they they you know got through pretty much all of the tag teams. It's very interesting, this uh uh division, this women's tag team division, because Uh, Tamina and Natalya went through the entire tag division in order to get the opportunity on night one of WrestleMania. Right. Then on night two of WrestleMania, they actually win the championships, um, you know, during the show. And then since then, they have repeatedly defended those titles just about every week it seems and sometimes including this week multiple times they actually defended the tag titles twice this week picking up a victory over Shane and i on raw and then over the riot squad on smackdown but it really seems like their story here is that no one can stop them they're just on this dominant win streak.
1: And I absolutely love that, given the family history of both of them throughout the business. Like, it's about time they finally let somebody other than Flair, with a famous last name, like, actually look like they are yeah. worthy of that famous last name.
0: Yeah, I mean, fantastic when you look at, you know, the Neidhart family and their impact on pro wrestling, and then the impact of the Snooka family on pro wrestling. Exactly. Now you've paired both of them up.
1: And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. No No wonder wonder they're doing
0: well. Exactly, exactly.
1: I will have to ask, though, with them booking Tamina so strongly, like that doesn't mean Natty's not doing anything in the matches, right?
0: No, not at all. I mean, she's an excellent technical wrestler. You don't come out of the Hart Family Dungeon without being a great wrestler all across the board. It doesn't matter. But Tamina is the one getting the victories. And I would say that's because Tamina's character is the one that needs the most uh, um, show to leave an impression on the fans.
1: I would agree with that, yeah.
0: Everybody knows and respects Natalya. And it's about time they give her a legitimate reign as champion in this business.
1: I cried, so yeah, I agree.
0: But, uh, But Tamina really needs to look strong. In order to be convincing for this character. It's not that she herself doesn't pull it off, but her character has not been to those heights. This was, yeah. you know, at WrestleMania, the victory, that crowned her for the very first time as a champion in WWE.
1: I know, and it's crazy, but they're act- like they're actually allowing some growth within this character. Like, they gave her a slightly different look. They're letting her do more on the mic. Like, she's not there just mean mugging everything. Like, right. She's, she's an actual character. She's out there performing in the ring. And I just I think it's beautiful what they're doing with the two of them. I'm a little sad that they beat the Riot Squad because I want the Riot Squad to start rising up through the ranks. But Me too. I, I am glad that they are doing a lot for this little tag team they put together.
0: Yeah, and hey, anytime we can get the women in the main event is a the step women. up. That's good. And Absolutely. you know what? They've, they've been criticized in past weeks for limiting how much the women are wrestling on programming. Well, that wasn't the case this week because we got doozy after doozy after doozy of 10, 15-minute matches. They were fantastic. So a big round of applause to everybody because I'm all about the women's wrestling.
1: I agree, but... Since, you know, we mentioned SmackDown a little bit, why don't we jump over to the hot tags that were on SmackDown? Hot
0: tags for SmackDown! Yes, let's do it. I, honestly, I think Raw actually had a really good show this week. It was totally good. But SmackDown is on another level. I, uh, SmackDown's competition, storylines, everything, the the, the characters, the, the feuds they've got going. I am all in on SmackDown, and I could probably talk for our entire hour on just SmackDown. But we'll try and limit it here. Uh, And start with the Usos. Yes, that's right. Both Usos facing off against the Street
1: Profits. Jimmy is back.
0: Yeah, Jimmy's back. And, you know, Jay Uso has totally stepped up his game with his partnership with Roman Reigns, the head of the table, the tribal chief.
1: It's been an interesting dynamic to watch. He's kind of like a little... Secret weapon yeah. almost okay. of Romans. Yeah. yeah. Like whenever a Roman is feeling disrespected or as always not been acknowledged, you know, he sends Roman or he sends Jay out to handle business.
0: Yeah, and Jay has been repeatedly getting the job done. Yes. You know, he's he's not I, I remember, you know, back in my era of wrestling, you know, the mid thousands when uh, Edge was the champion and he had Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins The
1: Edgehead And let
0: me tell you he didn't pick very good minions Did not <laughs> Because those minions did not get the job done very often
1: Hey if they they always say if you want a, jo- a job done right you got to do it yourself and, Well... you know if you can't do it yourself family's the next best thing
0: I guess so Yeah keep it keep everything within the family You you definitely if you're the head of the table you know who's coming to dine with you
1: Exactly But how does Roman feel about Jimmy coming back? Not good. Not good.
0: He's not happy because he believes that Jimmy has a negative influence on Jay. Ooh, That his alliances, his allegiances are going to shift. Jay's going to begin to realize that this business is more than just the universal title being on Roman and start to focus on having tag team gold around his waist.
1: Yeah. So instead of being Roman's right-hand man, you know he's going to go back to his one day-ish.
0: Yeah, I mean, why not? Down since day one. And that's the that's the way those brothers, their twins, have been their whole lives. Exactly. So uh, definitely there's a, a competing influence going on here. And maybe Roman doesn't have all the strength necessary to keep the reins tight.
1: So I would guess these new dynamics they have to introduce there. Well, well-punned, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Well-punned. Thank you. Um, but in order to kind of establish these new dynamics, I guess that's why they devoted the first 30 minutes of SmackDown to the Usos and Roman.
0: Yeah, it was very interesting. We, we, um, they, they're starting to do this a lot on programming now where they have a backstage segment And that carries a lot of the time. And then all of a sudden we go out to the ring and it's time for a promo. And that's very uncharacteristic. If there's a backstage segment, usually, you know, we get right to something else or we get right to a match. But now we're getting a backstage segment, a promo, and a match. And it's all, you know, back to back to back. It's a lot of content all at once. For a maximum of like five characters.
1: Yeah. It was just it was a lot of FaceTime. It was a lot of
0: It was. And usually I'm all in. The Street Profits are great on the mic. The Usos are great on the mic. And I've seen online a lot of people really liked it. It just it it was solid for me. It was all right. You know, there was nothing particularly wrong with it, but it's like, okay, I get it. You told me what I'm watching in the backstage segment.
1: Exactly. Now
0: there's a promo, too. Okay, we get it. You still don't like each other. You're both trying to compete for a title opportunity. But I don't need that three different times, and now we get a match.
1: Exactly. It just just felt a little long. There's nothing bad about it. It just felt a little long.
0: But it was a great match. Once we got to the match, I mean, they put on, I'm not going to say a five-star classic, but they put on a great technical match with a lot of big moments. It, it felt like a pay per view quality match.
1: Absolutely. And now this match was being used for A, the Street Profits to prove that, you know, there should be next in line for the tag titles. But it right. was also, you know, Jimmy's return and his, you know, his points to show that the Usos still got it maybe they deserved the title shot. Yeah. I, so who ended up getting the title shot?
0: I, I actually predicted this match wrong. I thought, okay, we're going to start to get the deterioration of. The family. And that's not what happened at all. Uh, in fact, the Street Profits came very close a couple of times to securing the victory, but eventually. The Usos reigned supreme.
1: Wow. And
0: they got the win. It was a happy moment as it was the first match in over a year for the Usos. I I believe it was a torn ACL or a torn Achilles.
1: Something in his leg for for sure. For
0: Jimmy Uso, and he was finally coming back. Yeah. So they were able to celebrate that first night back with a victory and eventually a tag team title shot next week against the champs.
1: And how did Roman feel about that?
0: Well, Roman was not pleased, to say the <laughs> least. He's 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 already not pleased with Jay and maybe the idea that there's going to be different alliances. But now, there's an opportunity for gold. And that comes with its all new kinds of responsibility. You have to defend that title. You have to focus on yourself and who's gunning for you. Which means maybe Roman's going to have to start going it alone if jimmy and jay wind up with with the tag team titles
1: that is oh that is going to be a good storyline to follow it's going to be really interesting to see how this family either comes together or truly does begin to fall apart because as one thing we've learned on smackdown you don't want to be on the bad side of roman reigns no
0: definitely not
1: jimmy's already there Jay's getting pretty close.
0: I'll tell you what. If you had told me, though, that a good week of program would include a very quiet week from Paul Heyman, Mm. I wouldn't have believed you. I I would have never thought so. But a very quiet week for Paul Heyman. I'm I'm not even sure if he had a legitimate speaking line in the show.
1: Not really. Just to let Roman know that... The Usos were coming into his overly dressed dressing room.
0: But it's, it, it's really good. And, you know, Paul still has an impact even without talking. You exactly. know that the management of Roman Reigns is watching and taking notes and figuring it out. And because Paul is so good at this stuff, maybe a little bit worried.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that idea.
0: So it's been great. But uh, we'll go from one former S.H.I.E.L.D. member to another former S.H.I.E.L.D. member.
1: Yes.
0: Who is just, I mean, doing amazing things like Seth Rollins does.
1: It's been really fun watching him come back to programming. Uh, You and I have talked about it a lot. We've noticed a lot of influence on his new version of this Friday Night Messiah character.
0: Yeah, so the character sort of debuted, I don't know, five, six, seven months ago. It was a while ago. Somewhere in there, yeah. With um, Murphy as a follower and the feud with Dominic Mysterio and all of that going on. But it seems like he's really honed in on what he wanted to do with that character all along. And I see a lot of similarities between his posture and his facial gestures and sort of just the way he goes about himself now. Yeah. That reminds me of a lot of watching the movie Joker with um, Joaquin Phoenix yeah. in it. It's so cool. There there was one shot of him, uh, you know, at WrestleMania Backlash, I believe, or shortly after. Um where he kind of gets back into the ring after a brutal attack mm-hmm. and just kind of throws his arms out to the side and, and looks up. Not quite a Randy Orton pose, but like that sort of idea of just like, here I am, take me for what I am, but I'm enjoying the heck out of myself. And it really reminded me of that uh, movie poster for Joker. Yeah, where, where he's on the stairs. Where he's on the top of the stairs, yeah. yeah.
1: I I absolutely agree and I must say his fashion sense has exploded. Oh,
0: unbelievable. We I I wrote down on our papers here fits of fire because they have just been amazing. Every single suit that he comes up with is just spectacular. They're, the the one from from WrestleMania backlash for sure was my favorite. It it was just this nice clean white suit. But on the back of it, and sort of on the uh, on the shoulders, right, it had like this paint drip kind of effect. It was so cool. Look it up.
1: I I loved it. I love seeing what the uh, backstage people can put our superstar put the superstars out into and put them out so we can see. Usually it's new gear, but I love when it's it's not quite gear, even though he can certainly move around in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they put him out in these amazing outfits to help sell the character in whatever promo they're putting out there so he certainly looks like some form of a Friday Night Messiah
0: yeah and that that's kind of the idea is like why would he be investing in new gear he's a messiah he's the savior he doesn't need to go and do it physically he needs to go and do it mentally he needs to get people on board with him he has to look the part and present himself well so having all of these nice suits that come in all these different colors and shades and things like that, he looks elegant. He looks like, yeah, if that guy's talking to me, I want to follow him. Because, you know, maybe I'll start having those nice suits.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and it, like you said, you talked about the mental game. Yeah. With that mental game, how is his mental state, I would say?
0: Uh, fractured. Fractured? It is fractured to say the least.
1: And that... I believe he's blaming the the Swiss Superman for that.
0: Yeah, so, you know, a big part of their WrestleMania feud was just the psychology. Seth is getting kind of dismantled by Cesaro because Cesaro keeps spinning him around, spinning him around, spinning him around, and that's a big... That's a big thing to do, you know, 20-some times.
1: It's a record.
0: You know, it's it's ridiculous. And Seth feels a great deal of shame or embarrassment about that. And it's kind of unhinged him. You know, just just as the Joker, it's a slow burn Mm. to watch him fade into, you know, the guy that we all see in the movies. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but uh, Joaquin Phoenix really did a good job of getting his – mind around how he wanted to show that and, and for the film and it seems like that's what's happening with Seth Rollins it finally tipped over the edge with Cesaro and now he blames Cesaro and the WWE fans for
1: oh right what he's doing right I forgot it's our fault.
0: Yeah, it's our fault. We made Cesaro feel like he was a legitimate wrestler. Like he could really take on the great Seth Rollins. How dare we? Yeah, how dare we? And and now the fans have to pay for it because Cesaro is out of action with an injury. Exactly.
1: It's been fantastic heel work from Seth Rollins. But from one good heel to another one that comes a little bit as a surprise. Yeah. We have Apollo Crews with his commander, Aziz, versus Kevin Owens yes. for our next hot tag. So, now, what's going on?
0: A- another really good WrestleMania moment, Apollo Crews winning the Intercontinental Championship. And he's had a number of defenses. Uh, he-, he got a big assist from uh, a returning Alistair Black uh, during a fatal four-way title defense. mm mm-hmm. um, Alistair Black picked on Big E. Mistake. And and that, you know, hopefully we get a good feud out of that. I'm really excited for those. But in all the meanwhile, Apollo Cruz still is the Intercontinental Champion. And in big thanks to Commander Aziz. Now, Commander Aziz does what a lot of people would remember as the Samoan spike from Umaga, Rest in Peace. Mm-hmm. But now it is called the Nigerian Nail.
1: I see. And he
0: has been using this move where you strike the opponent's throat in order to help Apollo retain the title.
1: Now, I assume that Apollo has this commander, you know, to protect him, seeing as he's Nigerian
0: royalty. Absolutely, absolutely. He comes from a a, a legacy family in in a very hard uh, working area of nigeria mm. really the brutalist parts is is where this character uh you know gets his licks in
1: gotcha so uh, so aziz is just out there protecting the prince
0: absolutely why would you not i i think you know it makes sense to me i want to stand next to the guy with the gold who who clear i mean he's a phenomenal athlete and really acrobatic like he does some amazing stuff i'm glad he's finally getting to showcase
1: absolutely it.
0: But uh, but for Aziz, you know, why not be the enforcer to that guy?
1: Exactly. But with the way that wrestling works, if, you know, outside protectors tend to get involved, that usually ends in a DQ, and lots of times they like to give the guy a rematch. So what's going Did, did Kevin get a rematch?
0: That's exactly what happened. So I loved the finish to this match, and it was really great. Kevin Owens is going for the pin and he's got about a two count. It only takes one more second. And just as the referee's hand is about to smack the mat for that third and final time, Crown Kevin Owens is the new Intercontinental Champion. There's a different hand that smacks down first.
1: The Nigerian Nail.
0: The Nigerian Nail right across the throat. Immediately the referee calls for disqualification and Kevin he's not even upset that he lost the match. He's holding his throat. He's coughing up. Like, he is just wrecked by this move. Really great sell by Kevin Owens. He did a great job of it. And even after they come back from commercial, he's in the back, holding his throat, and he can barely speak. And, you know, all he wants, though, now, is that rematch for the Intercontinental Championship, which he is granted by Adam Pearce. And better yet, Commander Aziz is banned from ringside.
1: So, you're telling our non authority authority figure, Adam Pierce, is out here making decisions on both shows. It's
0: ridiculous, actually. He
1: just loves kicking people away from the ring, doesn't he?
0: I mean, and he can't decide whether it's going to be a week where he does something or doesn't.
1: Oh, Adam Pierce, we love you. We really, really do.
0: Yeah, but it's gone well. I appreciate it. It's a good feud. I'm a little bit worried. We'll, we'll get we'll get into it later and beat the clock, but I'm hopeful for Apollo. But this kind of seems like a Kevin Owens shot,
1: yeah. Which nothing wrong with Kevin Owens no. always makes a great champ. But love it. I, I would love to see Apollo go for a little bit longer, Me too. even if I get irritated with his heelness yes. on screen. Yes, because he does a really good job. But going from heel. To probably a pair of the ultimate faces right now.
0: As pure baby face as you get in wrestling.
1: We have the first ever father-son tag team champions in WWE.
0: Yeah, and that's crazy to me. Because I I remember a young Rey Mysterio. Like, like, you know, when he's out there lasting an hour in the Royal Rumble. Right. If you paid attention to our countdown episodes. But, like, now we have father-son tag team champs. And it's Dominic Mysterio with his father Ray.
1: Yeah. So, if you think back to, I think it was probably oh three, oh four.
0: My goodness, yeah.
1: There were there were some real questions. Yeah. About the paternity. Yes, regarding Dominic
0: in a great feud with Ed, the late great Eddie Guerrero. It
1: was a beautiful time, but I I do believe this puts to bed all questions of paternity. I
0: would say so. I would say they they figured that one out, and even in the feud back in you know the early thousands, it was determined that Ray was the father. Yes. But um, you know, to end our episode of SmackDown, the Maury edition, um, we'll go on with uh their Tag team match, which was also, I believe, in the main event of Friday Night SmackDown.
1: It was. They have continuously been attacked by the Dirty Dogs.
0: The Dirty Dogs, Ziggler but, and Rude.
1: Yes, it's been it's been really fun watching them just have fun being heels.
0: Yeah, it's great, and and you know I don't like Dolph Ziggler that much, but you can tell he's just made for that role yes, made are. for that heel role he, he's making me dislike him even more
1: exactly which is a sign of a, of a job well done exactly but uh, i believe it was at wrestlemania backlash maybe it was the smackdown before this mm-hmm. past week but they they attacked dominic before the match they did in order to not have to wrestle them essentially and ray went out and eventually dominic joined him too and like they ended up dominic and ray won the match right well this week they came out and they're like well we've learned mm-hmm. we, we took notes we learned yep. we made a mistake like of course that happened ray was just protecting his son like how foolish could we have been right so instead this week they attacked ray i and mean they, hey
0: you, you took out the guy that just beat you
1: exactly so they're sitting there you know all kinds of convinced that dominic's not going to come out you know he's just a kid you can't let him come out and do all that thing and then he does. And Dominic comes out and probably puts out the best match Dominic's ever been in. Yeah. He he actually wrestled really, really well. And he and his dad managed to retain the titles.
0: Yeah, so I think this kind of puts to bed the Ziggler and Rude bit. I and, I mean, they've lost now twice to essentially one man both times. And, uh, you know, so so where do they go next? Who faces... You know, the first ever father-son tag champs down the road. Who who gets them next?
1: Well, as we learned earlier in the show, the Usos after they after they won their match, they went to Adam Pierce and they're like, We want the tag see we we proved we can do it. So we want whoever wins that tag team match. Ray and Dominic won, so now it's them versus the Usos next week.
0: Yeah, so we're going to have a lot of title matches next week on SmackDown. It's going to be really excited, and we'll go back into them a little bit for Beat the Clock. But overall, some really good programming and content from WWE this week.
1: It, I'm really, really impressed. I, I've been really happy with everything that WWE's been managed to put out lately. They've been, they've been yeah. doing a good job.
0: A perfect time for us to get back into it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, but... Nothing's ever perfect. No, we have so, some botches, yeah, right? Even even with the success of WWE, they still got some stuff wrong. Right. Um This first question I'm going to pose to to you directly because okay. she is your probably f- one of your favorite wrestlers going on, you usually know what's up with her, but Yeah. Where is Sasha Banks?
0: Yeah, so she lost her SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania and was on one episode of SmackDown I think 2 weeks after Wrestlemania yeah but she's been nowhere to be heard of or seen since that moment and it feels like there's a bit of a hole or a gap in the Smackdown women's division without her
1: exactly she's such a draw she's a good talent she does really well on the mic and she she pulls out a different side of Bianca mm-hmm. and Bailey and Carmella, in my opinion. They always bring their best when they're battling with her, but she hasn't been on programming.
0: Yeah, I, I, we miss you. If you're out there listening to this podcast, Sasha Banks, come back. Come back. Come back because we need you. And hey, Hell in a Cell coming up. There's only one person that's been in every women's Hell in a Cell match to date.
1: Surely that's not a streak they're going to try and break.
0: It's, it's Sasha Banks. It's Sasha Banks. She's been against every horsewoman of WWE.
1: That's crazy.
0: In that match type. And she is probably entitled to a rematch against Bianca. So why not do it inside Hell in a Cell?
1: That would be amazing. You know what's not amazing, though?
0: You're going to have to tell me.
1: Commentary.
0: Really? Because WWE has a lot of really tenured commentators.
1: They, they do. And don't get me wrong, Michael Cole, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Corey Graves, above and beyond. Yeah. Even Byron Saxton is next level. Stepping it up. But my goodness.
0: Yeah, it's been a rough go of it for commentators.
1: It has. There's no more Tom Phillips.
0: Tom Phillips released. Samoa Joe, who was doing a good job,
1: released. also released. Adnan Verk didn't work.
0: That one did not. No way. It 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 was it was bad. And it's weird because I'm a big baseball fan and he's on MLB the you know tonight all the time. And he does a great job with it. But for some reason, the move to WWE just did not work. It lasted barely a month.
1: Yeah, it was it was not good. It was he not just, good. He just couldn't quite get into that groove. I mean
0: even the US title holder sheamus called him out in a promo during exactly. during all the draws, So it was not good.
1: Exactly. And we don't often have a comment on Michael Cole. He's usually top-notch, but you know he had a little bit of a um word word flub. Yeah. This week. Yeah. Trying to say Bianca Belair, um he went with Balanca.
0: Belonka. Yeah, a little, just a mess up, just a mistake.
1: Yeah, I just got so excited, slipped out, but then Thank goodness.
0: Oh my gosh, Bailey Thank
1: goodness we had Bailey on commentary.
0: Bailey on commentary. So now that's the thing, right? Commentary has been such a struggle that there's they're throwing the wrestlers on to do commentary. Bailey was there for the segment and uh, gosh, she she was great and her reaction and then she's had a thing with Michael Cole here for a while yes. where she picks on him for, for what he has to say. It's
1: just added fuel to the fire.
0: It was fantastic. Really good moment. And then a bright spot is Pat McAfee. This guy is amazing.
1: So I love Michael Cole. I love Corey Graves. Yeah. Pat McAfee might be my favorite commentator ever. Ever. Yeah,
0: your commentary spirit animal.
1: My commentary <laughs> spirit animal is Pat McAfee. So not only does this man not sit down no. for the majority of the show. Yeah. When Elias comes out, and there's usually never, we never have anything good to say about Elias, but Elias has this new guitar player.
0: No, no. Oh,
1: it's not Elias, No, it's it? actually sin- Sh- Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, right, it's no longer the violin. I'm so excited I messed up which wrestler it was. <laughs> so, Shinsuke... Has this new uh, guitar player that plays for him? Um, yes. Would you Would you mind saying his name for us? Oh my us?
0: gosh! It's uh, It's Rick Boogs. <laughs> I need some Rick Boogs merch immediately.
1: Yes, please. But he plays this guitar, and Pat McAfee stands up beside Michael Cole and rocks his little heart out with yes, that air guitar. The air
0: guitar in Michael Cole's face, just <laughs> repeatedly hitting him with the strums.
1: It is amazing. So, Pat McAfee has resurrected my love for wrestling commentary. Oh,
0: yeah. A gold star for Pat McAfee. Way to go. Honestly, it's hard. We, We just talked about Adnan Berg. It's hard to transition from the sports world to the sports entertainment world. Yeah. And... You know I think back to Mike Adamley Mike Adamley was a laughing stock yes. when he came over and they, they turned it into a thing but still he was trying to come over as a legitimate commentator and couldn't do it. Adnan Virk, same story. So Pat McAfee which, which he's a different breed don't get me wrong yeah. and he came in he's got the Pat McAfee show so he's used to you know th- that boldness yes it comes very naturally to his personality. But he has come in and not just done a great job visually mm-hmm. with things like that, but he's actually a really good commentator. Yeah. He knows how to feel the moment and build it up for the audience too.
1: It is—it's so much fun listening to him during near tag or uh, near near falls near yes. pins because he get oh he gets so he gets into it like a fan does. Yeah. He's so convinced that. Whichever wrestler it is is about to win, and he, he tries to call it, and then Michael Cole's like, no, that was a two count.
0: Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's really good, and it seems like Cole and McAfee are starting to get a lot of that instant yes. chemistry. It's really starting to pay off.
1: It's been it's been a really good vibe. Um, However, going back to, because we are in Boccia. We are
0: in Boccia. We just had to throw that one good thing. Gold yes. star for Pat McAfee.
1: So... WWE makes a lot of questionable decisions with who they decide to advertise and who they don't.
0: Yeah, first of all, first of all, it was a bad decision before it even got to this point of advertising him. Fair enough. WrestleMania Backlash had a zombie event.
1: Yes, to help promote Batista's new movie. (laughs) They
0: had Batista do a whole voiceover. Look, I I love Dave Batista. And I love Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. And, and and Batista's done a good job for himself. He really has. But zombies.
1: Yes, I believe his movie's called like Army of the Dead yeah, or something. Yeah, Army of
0: the Dead. Well, after watching what I saw, I'll wish I was.
1: So, what happened?
0: Well, The Miz essentially, you know, had a legitimate injury for the first time in his career. Yep during this zombie event and uh that was at Backlash, WrestleMania backlash and uh sure enough this week on raw at the at the uh inopportune moment they advertised the miz for a segment of miz tv now you think oh, that's no problem miz tv it's a great segment for raw it's a great thing the miz is awesome but At the end of the match at WrestleMania Backlash, he was eaten alive by zombies.
1: Look, all I'm saying, I agree with you, it's insane. I agree with you that it shouldn't have happened. But, if they can have The Fiend or Bray Wyatt or whatever come back from being burned alive...
0: Well, last time I checked, The Miz has no otherworldly extensions to draw power from. And... You know, I I was with you there for a second because, you know, we remember Randy Orton got a fireball thrown in his face. He did. And the makeup team did a great job. So you know what? Tune in on Monday. Please, tune in on Monday for Monday Night Raw to see if The Miz has chunks of his skull missing. And if he does, bravo to WWE and bravo to the makeup team. For actually putting something together that has story continuity.
1: I think we all know that's not going to happen, but we can Bacha. hope. We can hope. It's absolutely a botcha. That said, Johnny Drip Drip has done a <laughs> <laughs> has done a fantastic job as Mrs. Sidekick.
0: I love that guy.
1: Johnny Drip Drip.
0: All right, and you know, you know what? Maybe Johnny Drip Drip will be the competition for our next botcha. Which is the U.S. title. And I will pose the question, does that title matter to anybody anymore? It still exists? Exactly, exactly. Sheamus is the United States champion. He's been in a couple of squash matches with Humberto Carrillo. And has not had any feud for the title since WrestleMania. Since he won it from Matt Riddle. Right. And I I just, like, what an opportunity for a mid-card to have Sheamus as the title holder, it's been kind of forgotten about. The last great U.S. title holder was Rusev. Yeah. You know, and that was one heck of a run he and had with it. And
1: he's not even in the company anymore.
0: Right. He's, he's, he's Miro over in AEW. Yes. Um, but maybe Sheamus will actually help legitimize the strap. I, I We said this a couple of times on Podcast Pass. Seamus is a really good talent. Yeah. He has a lot of talent in the ring and surprises you. And he can throw together a good promo. So just give him a legitimate feud. Don't stop messing around with Umberto Carrillo. I love the guy. But but he's not there yet as a character. Exactly. So give me like I said, Johnny Drip Drip Against Sheamus? Just really just care about the US title.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. it. And I mean we we've seen that Raw struggles with caring about their titles before. You mean, you know this is this is starting to become more like Asuka as the Raw Women's Champion. Yeah. But at least they learned. They need to have them on commentary. Yeah. Or on programming in some sort. Like they're right. not pulling a Brock, like Sheamus is there even if he's not doing anything. Right.
0: Right. But I, I I'll tell you what. That's all I have for today because Woo! It was a good week. I don't want to get too bogged down with it. We had a lot of fun this week, and we are so glad to be back. But Amanda, please tell us what this day in wrestling had in store for us.
1: Yes, so this day in wrestling being May 31st, it's a a sadder this day in history. But 18 years ago today, up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada... Owen Hart had his funeral.
0: Oh, rest in peace, Owen. We love you.
1: Yes. So for those of you who don't know, Owen was part of a fatal accident yes. in regard to his cabling harness, the like carabiner right. that was hooking him up. It it didn't latch or it broke or something like that. And he ended up falling from the rafters of the ring about 100 feet into yeah. the ring. Um, he pretty much died on spot he smacked into the ropes and it just they couldn't save him took him into the back it wasn't gonna work and then you know they sent the call up to jim ross who was doing his best to like keep everybody informed about what was going on but they said owen hart is dead you've got 10 seconds and then you're live so he had to inform the wwe universe that uh owen hart had died and he had about 10 seconds to prepare so yeah, it was, a, it was a sad time in WWE. But... Yeah,
0: a little bit of a black mark on the reputation of WWE. That happened, and they continued to have the wrestling event. I did. Uh, there were matches that occurred in the ring where Owen Hart had previously lain and died. And, um, and they kept going throughout the night. Um, there is an excellent series. I believe it's produced by Vice or on the Vice yes. Network called Dark Side of the Ring. And one of their uh, episodes, I believe it was a two-part episode even, yeah. uh, covers very well the story of Owen Hart and the tragedy that took place that day, today, in Calgary, just 18 years ago. So um, check that out. They they have a number of interesting stories. Um, and you can see what wrestling is all about.
1: Yeah, so his, his legacy is always remembered fondly, and everybody loves Owen. So rest in peace to him. But now i got to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. Because it is time Oh no! to beat the clock.
0: Oh, my gosh. I have to beat the clock. I'll do better yes, than do. Rhea Ripley. I'll tell you that. I'll do better than Rhea Ripley.
1: <laughs> oh, well, you skipped over the whole Lashley bit
0: first. Yeah. Well, I, I'm excited. All right. I'm going to pose the questions to you, and we'll see how we do. Oh, okay. All okay here all we right? go. All right. Who's going to face Bobby Lashley inside of Helena's in Cell? Is it going to be Kofi Kingston, your guy, or Drew McIntyre? Triple threat. Triple threat. Now, see, how are we going to get to Triple Threat without MVP and Lashley uh, interfering?
1: Well, MVP's creative. Okay. Bobby Lashley has his herd of women. Mm-hmm. Plus, Xavier Woods is a thing.
0: So, right. so
1: They don't like that trombone. Nobody else seems to like that trombone.
0: I've got a theory. We saw it with the Shelton-Cedric match, this idea that maybe one of them wasn't kicked out. That the other one was, but the... So maybe Cedric Ooh. gets involved. Just a thought. Maybe Cedric Alexander gets involved. Try I win
1: back some good graces? Yeah, I like it. Totally. I like.
0: All right. Well, next we have, is Rhea Ripley the weakest Raw women's champ ever? Like, have they booked her so horribly? Can she actually defeat Charlotte inside Hell in a Cell?
1: So, realistically, yeah. Okay. She can. All right. However, writing isn't letting her.
0: Yeah, it, it's been really bad. They this week they had Rhea Ripley uh lose a beat the clock challenge against Nikki Cross because she forgot that she had to beat the clock.
1: It was it was not a good moment. They're booking her really weak. But she is a strong character. She yeah. is a strong champ. So I think she can beat Charlotte. I think she's the perfect one to take Charlotte down about six pegs. Yeah,
0: and what an opportunity to do it inside Hell in a Cell. I love it. You you know, I just thought of it. Sasha can't be in every one because there's one on Raw. She'd have to be in both Hell in a Cells this time.
1: Hmm. WWE, take notes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Double book Sasha Banks. That's my my rule. Do it. (laughs) All right, next we've got a preview for SmackDown is going to be, will we have new SmackDown Tag Team champs? Or will Jay finally turn on Jimmy, securing his seat at the table?
1: So I think it's, mm, it's tough. So we're not going to have new champs. Okay. Roman is going to get involved. All right. And Jay is going to go with Roman. Yeah. But I don't know if it's him turning on Jimmy.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: I think it's more of a, like... You know, when when you're a kid and the teacher tells you it's time to come inside, right? Regardless of whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. you go inside. Gotcha. So I think Roman might just hang him out to
0: dry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so All right. Yeah. That'll be interesting. But it's not the only title match we've got on SmackDown this week. No. It's going to be Apollo Cruz against Kevin Owens. And I ask, was Apollo really just a transitional IC champion? And if so, can he remain relevant? After doing well with this opportunity,
1: so he is a transitional champion because they want to get the KO Sammy thing for yeah, t- for I for agree. the title. I think, and he will remain relevant because they're going to need to do something with Big E, and I think their best okay. opportunity is to throw him back with Apollo. Okay. since Apollo's going to have to you know tuck his tail between his legs a little bit after losing the title. Yeah,
0: we'll see what turns out. Obviously, Big E's going to be working a program with Alistair Black after the in- er- yeah. interference during the title match there. But uh, maybe Apollo can slide in, make that a little triple threat, Um, and that'll be fun. And, and of course, Sami Zayn is still talking about the conspiracy that was or wasn't or is or isn't. We never
1: got answers.
0: But we'll see, and obviously, KO and Sami are always gold.
1: Love it. They're one of my favorite feuds to watch. So to to wrap us up and throw us on a happy note, we're going to wish a very, very, very happy birthday to Vampiro.
0: Vampiro. Oh, my gosh. Happy birthday, Vampiro.
1: He is turning 54 today, and a lot of people will know him as a WCW wrestler, but even more might know him as the commentator and an occasional wrestler on the fantastic program of Lucha Underground.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely fell in love with Lucha Underground after... Gosh, maybe just two episodes of yeah. the show. Uh, you know, it was just fantastic. Mark Burnett production. Um, but the, but Vampiro was a big staple on that, really driving home a lot of the stories and also giving us history lessons week after week after week on that show of the, the um, era of lucha wrestling and really what it is for that culture. He did an excellent job on the program. And happy birthday to him.
1: Absolutely, and we're going to also wish a happy birthday to Montez Ford. Yeah. He is one half of the Street Profits. He is a former tag team champion, and because I think it is fantastic information, he is married to the women's SmackDown champion Bianca Belair.
0: Absolutely. I mean, profits are up. I feel bad for, for the little intern that has to go out there and clean up all of the red solo cups that fly into the atmosphere when, when their music hits. But here's a red solo cup to you, Montez. Happy birthday. Go get some smoke. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So uh, that will wrap up our re-debut of the Chamber Pod. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We are so happy to be back. It's been so much fun to watch wrestling again. Get back into the groove of it and bring all of the news and updates and excitement to you, our pod people.
1: Yes, we have missed you and we are excited to bring you new episodes every week.
0: So just remember that you can always tune in on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of the platforms, rss.com. We are right there. You can look us up, The Chamber Publish, Amanda. We're on Spotify. You can get us absolutely anywhere because we know that you need to get your wrestling info from Shamanda.
1: Yes. We will talk to you guys again next week. Thanks for tuning in and we love and miss we love you all. We have missed you so very much.
0: Yep, tune in next week. Next Monday we're going to make this a thing every Monday. Tune in. Love you guys.
1: Love you. Bye.